Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Two Average Brown Bros podcast. I'm your host, Brashank. And I'm your host, Andres. And today is Monday, August 9th, 2021. Andres, what's up? Not much, man. Honestly, being this weekend was a little bit busy being a tourist within the city, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but right now, there's really not much, just getting ready for another week. Uh, another week at work over here. How about you, buddy? How are you doing? Um, yeah, so I have, I'm still down in the States right now, you know, still down here. I'll be here for another week. So just enjoying my last couple of weeks here. It's been fun. The weather's been great. Um, but, you know, just as always, as we've done for the last six, seven months uh, with the podcast, but the last 15, 16 months of our lives, just trying to stay safe with the COVID variant. No, Delta, Delta Plus, I don't even know what's next. Seems like it's never ending, but, you know, I'm just happy I'm vaccinated. Um, like always, I hope people are getting vaccinated as much as they can, spreading the word, because vaccines work. That's that's a key message, man. The vaccines work, and I still cannot believe that some people just don't want to believe that. I know. They'd rather do anything else but get the vaccine. You know, they go out and make fake vaccine cards, which cost $150, $200 versus getting the vaccine, which is free. Exactly. It's just like the extent that certain people and go so, about doing things. Oh, yeah. So with the vaccine memes, you know, I some of the memes I've seen on Reddit or Facebook is pretty funny. It's uh, people would rather go to a bar and drink some random things or like go to a party and drink moonshine that has stupid things in it versus getting the vaccine, which is super easy super efficient and it works so i laugh at when i see the memes but i guess it comes out of the truth of people not wanting to get vaccinated man there is a saying in spanish that if i were to literally translate it it is like between the jokes the truth always shows up (laughs) it's it is funnier in spanish though no absolutely that's very true um so what did you learn this past week andreas um, what did I learn about this past week? I learned, I know, Rishang, you're a civil engineer and you like highways and roads and all of that. I learned that Montreal during the summer months is always a construction zone. <laughs> and there's literally, I'm like, I should be okay, man. It's construction everywhere. I'm not even lying. <laughs> like, uh, so dove a little bit into that and then learned a little bit more about some of the recent projects that they've done and you know the different highways the different turnarounds and the different uh, you know dividing the highways and it's a lot of highway stuff so there's been some good projects that they've done but just tired of construction at this point <laughs> how about you buddy what did you learn this week um, before I move on to what I learned this week, it's funny you mentioned construction because here in DC and like the Nova area, there's literally construction happening everywhere, and like you know they're always expanding the highways, adding in um, the metro system here and there. It's just I love watching it. Like I don't like being in construction doing when I'm driving, but I do like watching construction happen because it's pretty neat. Like then obviously you know compared to Canada, America's they have mega structures and things everywhere and the bridges that they make here, the highways they make, it's just so much like I like I literally every time I drive by these days, I'm in awe because it's just so much bigger and better than Canada. But you know, it's pretty cool to see something like this in America all the time when I come. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Um, for, for what I learned this week was um, so, uh, so I actually went up to Boston last week and Massachusetts, you know. So I was reading into the history of colleges in the United States and. So you know how there's Ivy Leagues, you know, the traditionally Harvard and then the Yales and the Pr- Princeton, Cornell, all those Ivy Leagues in the U.S. Yeah. Well, they um, they actually created, um, you know, universities or colleges to provide women with an educational equivalent to those traditionally male Ivy Leagues, and there's seven. There are seven highly selective liberal arts colleges in northeastern United States called the Seven Sisters. Uh, historically, they are women's colleges, but I think now they allow males. Some of them do allow males to uh, come in, but it's pretty cool because out of the seven, four of them are within Massachusetts, two are in New York, and one's in Pennsylvania. Um, the ne- seven names are Mount Holyoke, Vassar, Wellesley, Smith, Radcliffe, Bryn Mawr, and Bernard. And they're pretty like high up there in terms of colleges and education. Like some of the notable people that have gone to you know, the seven include um, Elaine Chow, who was the Secretary of Transportation under Donald Trump. Um, some of the other ones, famous people that went to other ones are Jacqueline Kennedy, um, the former First Lady of the U.S., Lisa Kudrow, the, you know, the actress from Friends, um, Jane Fonda, another Academy Award-winning actress, and then um, Hillary Clinton as well and Madeleine Albright, who went to Wellesley, which I was very close to. I didn't get to go to the Wellesley College, but when I visited Boston, my cousins in Boston, we were very close to Wellesley, and that's how I came to about know all these colleges and, you know, just delved into it. And it was pretty cool because, you know, as we know, historically, back in the day, education was more for males while the females stayed home and, you know, raised their kids. But, you know, learning more about these colleges that were catered more towards women, and females, it's pretty cool to see, you know, how historically things have changed over the years. That's inc- that's so cool. Did not know that was a thing, but it's amazing to hear, like, you know, women standing up and being like, oh, you want to create this super- superiority complex within universities? We're also going to do that from our end. That's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I thought it would be later in the 1900s, but the first admitted students in the Mount Holyoke was in 1837, which is a long time ago, right? So even yeah. the most recent one was 1889, so over 100, 120 years old, and that's pretty cool to see. Pretty cool, man, pretty cool. Exactly. So, you know, we've had some really great episodes in the last couple of weeks, and as we both mentioned, we are on the move, so the episodes have been kind of all over the place, but we've got great feedback from everyone listening. Um, the last episode with Agrima was great, and even the ones before that where we talked about our move or the hiking episodes, there's, I think we've done a really good job, so we're going to you know, keep going strong during these not uncertain times or just chaotic times in terms of your move and my move. Um, so I thought it'd be really good this week to talk about uh, the Olympics. Uh, great topic. Uh, as you know, the Olympics in Tokyo just ended. Um, as we're recording this, the clo- closing ceremonies has already happened. Um, it started on July 23rd, 2021, and ran again um, until August 8th, so just wrapping up. You know, so many events have happened, and it is a Summer Olympics. It was supposed to happen last year, 
but due to COVID, similar to the Euros, it got postponed to this year. And although there wasn't too many fans in the stands, we all watched it from around the world. So, you know, what better episode, what a better way to talk about talk in this episode than the Olympics. Hey man, that's great. And uh, who doesn't love the Olympics? Exactly. So um, first, let me just, you know, give a quick summary for people that weren't too interested in the Olympics or didn't, you know, have time to watch it. The United States of America, like uh, most of the times recently, it seems like they did end up number one um, in the gold medal count. They overcome, overcame China's 38 gold medal and ended up with 39. But overall, they had 113 total medals. But they also sent the most amount of athletes as um, as I can recall, I think they sent approximately 613 athletes, which is 60 more than the next one with Japan, who was a host country. They sent 552. Australia with 478. Our little, you know, Canada sent 381, which is quite a lot compared, you know, to considering that our population is only 35 million, but we have so many great athletes from Canada competing in these summer games. Oh, sorry. I had to join. <laughs> that's honestly, that's pretty cool. I mean, the fact that uh, countries want were willing and able to send athletes over to Tokyo was, uh, it's incredible because, you know, that's where everything started was literally Canada saying, we're not sending athletes to Tokyo 2020 last year. Yeah. Literally, Canada was the first country to say, nope. We're not doing that to our people, uh, so we're not going. And then the entire conversation started rolling of other countries uh, stepping down from attending Olympics and then postponing. And then, you know, uh, I think Japan, because, you know, when it comes to the Olympics, countries invest a lot of money. Like the amount of money that goes into not only just the Olympics itself, but to the city, uh, to the host city, it is it is like an insane amount of money. Uh, Tokyo, of course, wanted to make sure that all of that, that that they have invested will be able to be appreciated by others. Um, but that they were that they decided to still carry out through the Olympics even this year because literally they declare at a state of emergency because of how um, their cases were going on uh, in Tokyo and in Japan. Uh, like two or three weeks before the Olympics started, which was, which was scary, and that's when they made the decision to not have, a, to not have crowds, not even local crowds, because they had made the decision that no, uh, no foreign uh, nationals will be able to go to the Olympics like ahead of time this year, and then literally three weeks or a month before the Olympics started, uh, they said not even local people will go, which. I mean, it's an interesting decision, but I think it was made for the safety of everything. Uh, even though, yeah, there were moments that, you know, um, there are things that got missed because there's not a crowd. I think we still got a lot out of the Olympics. And if anything, I think this Olympics to any athlete that participated on it was a different challenge because in order to push themselves to be able to break records and perform their best, they had to rely on themselves and on their own confidence because they didn't have that crowd cheering at them. Absolutely. And that's a really good point because they had to overcome 
so much adversity, you know, with the COVID pandemic and, you know, being delayed a whole year, they had to go through that training again. And not only that, but I think it made it even sweeter when they won it because it did bring, you know, Olympics, like when we talked about the Euros, the whole world is watching and it's great to see because they did bring a lot of the people throughout the world going through the same pandemic together in so many ways, whether it's cheering for your favorite country or rooting against your rival country. I think, you know, the Olympics does a really good job. Even if you're not fully invested, it's always cool to see your country being represented in the Olympics. And that's another thing that I want to bring up with the Tokyo Olympics was they allowed a new um, team of sorts where it was called the refugee Olympic team. So, you know, if someone felt like they didn't belong to a specific country um, or, you know, as I guess uh, the, they wanted to say, a uh, symbol of hope for all refugees in the world. I think it was really cool to see how they had their own little team competing and it was really cool to see how you know it's moving towards the global village that we all love to talk about yeah i mean it's just such a moment of pride you know like all everyone in every single country just feels pride to see themselves represented and the in the world stage and you know, um, some countries making history by sending their first athlete, uh, other countries by winning their first gold medal. Uh, you know, there's just so much that that means more than just uh, sport itself. I think that's that what the Olympics, um, the Olympics uh, does. And then you know, a lot of controversy. Like you said, it's great to see the uh, the refugee team being represented, especially given within the past couple of years. Uh, you know the climate, uh, some of the circumstances that, uh, you know, especially like Northern Africa, like Africa and the Middle East uh, that are there, they're facing, you know, it's great to see people that have been able to escape those places, still be able to pursue their Olympic dream. Uh, but, you know, there's also the controversies of, you know, having uh, the, Rus the Russian Olympic Committee participate which, you know, is like, oh, we're going to ban Russia from participating, but you can still go under, like, the Russian Olympic Committee. I think that also sparked a little bit of controversy because, let's be realistic, it's not the first time it has happened to them. Uh, we saw it when the Winter Olympic Games happened uh, in, in Pyeongchang a couple of years ago. They also were not able to go, uh, go under their flag. They had to go under, like, their... Uh, they were at that time they were the Olympic athletes of Russia so yep I think that's where I'm conflicted with because you know some of the athletes that went through training and doing things cleanly I feel like they did deserve to be in the Olympics however you know this might be a controversial take but they it was a you know a statewide funded doping scandal that you know I feel like you know, I feel like looking back, I don't think Russia should have been participated in the Olympics, whether even it was through a pseudo Olympic committee. Uh, maybe that's a little bit controversial, but I think that's it's not fair to the rest of the world where, you know, most of the people have done it pretty cleanly. Of course, like I said, that's where I am from because there are athletes from Russia that, uh, that haven't been caught doping, you know, that wasn't part of that. That would, that would have, you know, that did fine in the Olympics, but I think that's where I'm torn. It's like, 
yeah and on one hand i can see why they were allowed to create a new like that committee where they're competed but at the same time like it pretty much felt like the russia was still part of the olympics so did they just get like a slap on the wrist for this whole big scandal that happened i don't know right yeah exactly that's the thing and i think for me uh, i do agree with you that athletes that do not participate on that and they actually hold the moral value of what it is to attend the olympics right they should still be able to attend them i think for me the major issue uh relies on the fact that it is still mentioned that it is in a certain way russia being represented mm -hmm. i think for me that's where my struggle relies on is that we know it's russia yeah <laughs> it's not like hidden or anything it's like we know that it's russia and i think for other things like if you're going to be asking for different like athletes being banned from going to uh, the Olympics and then banning a country to not go through the Olympics because of things like that, that the athletes that are allowed to go should just be kind of like, you know, just out of my, the top of my head right now, just, you know, Olympic athletes of the world as a category, you know, or like the flag that they're going to be flying, like going under, uh, going under the IOC, you know, uh, something like doesn't, doesn't like because it just feels like it's just made for like oh yeah we're dealing with it but they're not really dealing with it but besides russia and their drama that they brought from the olympics all the way in sochi uh it's um you know a lot of different things were standouts during the olympics in tokyo um i think first of all i think we've all heard about it and everyone was shocked when it happened But, you know, the good old, the goat herself from gymnastics, Simone Biles, the entire, all her history and her story during the Olympics, I think it really, it really shone a light to the, like, everyone likes to say, like, oh, sports, physicality and everything. And we've all know also the mental drain and the mental toughness these athletes have to go through. But I think seeing someone that is at the top of her game most of the time and that she's the goat of gymnastics um showing how important mental health is really for the athletes i think brought to light another conversation that you know we know it's there but hasn't really been talked about but i think this time it was impressive to hear about it absolutely and that brought another you know issue to light where We think athletes are like, for most of us, or many of us, athletes are like the biggest idols, you know, and we look, we put them on a pedestal, but it also shows they are human, you know, they go through the same mental health issues as we do. And, you know, like we put so much pressure on them to compete at the highest levels. But when, you know, when she kind of withdrew from some of the competition, people were hating on her because she was, you know, putting, bringing shame to the US or, but it's like, You know, of course, the people hating on her was a very different crowd. Um, we all know what kind of crowd that was. <laughs> But at the same time, it, you know, it's like we have to be aware that athletes are humans and they're not, they, they're, they, we can't expect them to do everything perfectly all the time. Exactly. And it's not like, you know, like athletes are able to push through things. So when an athlete, like with, I think with the big moment of standout with Simone was when she was like, no. Like, I need to prioritize this. You can see, like, 
how tough she is because, you know, to make the decision that having already that mental strength, you still feel like you're not there yet. It means of like it, something is actually going like something hard, something quite intense is going on for someone of her mental strength. Because, you know, like you said, people calling her weak, people like being upset at her. I think it really show like mental health can even like shows up on even the strongest mentally, like the mentally strongest people that we have encountered in our lifetime. So I'm think other conversations, like I don't remember her name, but the tennis player from Japan that was expected also to win gold um, in tennis, uh, in tennis uh, at the same time, you know, brought that conversation forward. But um, another important conversation was, uh, you know, at, this, at the parallel time that Simone was, we, she was facing her struggles. Then uh, the entire fencing scandal with the United States, and then uh, you know some of the uh, some of the athletes from fencing from the states uh, showing support for uh, sexual assault survivors and wearing pink um, pink face masks uh, and just showing that double standard from the Olympic Committee that some of them were going against Simone Biles, but they were not really saying anything about this guy that has been accused of of this. Um, so that really brought a lot of conversations into it. Um, so I think a lot of different things happen, <laughs> uh, which usually tends to happen during the Olympics. Exactly. And, you know, and we'll definitely touch on those future episodes because they are a little bit more deep and serious. But, you know, keeping it lighthearted and fun for this um, episode. On the Some of the cool things that happened in this Olympics was there's really neat um, sports that were introduced such as skateboarding um, baseball and softball came back into the Olympics after being taken off um, you know I think the skateboarding was really cool um, and even I think wrestling was going through like is it going to be in there is it not going to be on there um, so, so like all these cool things to see like even you know being a basketball fan that three on three basketball was really cool to watch um and even the freestyle BMX. And like, I think there's so many sports that people can watch. If you're not a fan of basketball, you can, you know, go and look at swimming. If you're not a fan of swimming, go look at fencing. If you're not, if you don't like fencing, go look at rowing. Like, I think that's one of the coolest things about Olympics was just a variety of games that you get within it and just the different athletes that come with it. And, you know, overall, just cool seeing like I said earlier, just different countries being represented. And, you know, I was just doing a quick review and Mexico actually had 164 athletes, which is pretty cool. On the other hand, Nepal only had five because, we, you know, sports isn't our main thing as a country, but it's cool to see that slowly but surely most countries, you know, most underdeveloped countries are sending athletes to the Olympics as time goes on. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I would say, like, on the side of Mexico, it's a little bit upsetting um, also because um, for us, we've always sent uh, a lot more athletes to the Olympics. But, you know, as a good old country from the Latin America section, um, corruption has been pretty bad. And, like, you know, it brought to light because people were like, oh, why are we not winning medals? 
And why are we not like we are uh, we know our sports. We know which sports we're good at as a country. And one of those is diving like Mexico is like uh, produces some of the higher quality divers in the world, both for women and men. And they were like, why are we not winning at diving? Like, you know, we're usually in the podium. And then sparked a conversation about like, well, uh, programs got cut short, budget was not given to athletes. So this is our results. Uh, we're not performing as well as we should be performing because uh, people were not given the resources and the supports needed in order to be able at the top of their game for the, uh, for the Olympics. So that's kind of like in the Mexico side, kind of like what happened in there. But it was good, still good to see Mexico represented. It's always nice to hear to hear uh, the Mexican people there. Um, I think another cool sport that was there was surfing, which I was like, ooh, that's pretty dope um, to have uh, to have it over at the Olympics. I think it's quite a unique thing and it's super cool to have it represented uh, overall in there. Um, you know, uh, congratulations to the Team Canada for winning gold for the women's soccer. That was great news to hear, you know, that uh, from some of the goals that we, uh, that Canada brought home, uh, one of those is the gold medal for soccer, which is great. And then I also feel proud because Mexico took the bronze medal for the men. Yeah, exactly. It's it really cool. Just following, you know, and we have ties to so many countries, you know, Canada, Mexico, Nepal, even the U.S. It's cool to see different people and different countries take gold, silver, bronze for various events. But that leads, to, that leads me to my next question, Andres. What are some of your favorite um, sports to watch in the Olympics? Oh, some of my favorite sports I like to watch in the Olympics. Of course, taekwondo and swimming because I grew up per, like being in those sports, but also enjoy a lot of the gym, uh, gymnastics. I think it's pretty cool, both men and women. Uh, gymnastics. I also enjoy watching archery. Uh, I find it pretty interesting. Um, the triathlon, the pentathlon, um, what else is also pretty cool to watch at the Olympic? Oh, diving. I found diving quite fascinating. And, uh, this one, this round through, like, I really enjoyed watching, uh, watching surfing, I think, because it was brand new. It was not even an exhibition sport before at the Olympics. So I found it pretty dope to watch some of those new sports being incorporated yeah, I agree with you. So for me, I love the track and fields, you know, and swimming because those are, when I hear of the Summer Olympics, it always goes back to track and field and swimming for me because growing up watching athletes such as Michael Phelps or Usain Bolt, you know, who literally for the last Olympics, previous ones, they took over, won multiple medals as for running or swimming, um, of course. So like those are my go-to sports. But besides track and field and swimming, I love watching basketball and baseball. Uh, it's really cool to see. Because obviously, you know, you don't, like, especially most other countries, yes, but America, U.S. doesn't really send their best, best athletes because, you know, of other commitments. But even then, it's pretty cool to see some of the best athletes from the NBA go, whether they're, they're, they're the only player from their country or, you know, a bunch of players such as the U.S., notable names, you know, like Kevin Durant, um, Bam Adebayo, those guys, familiar names in there. And like you said, like seeing the new 
sports on there. It was pretty cool to see, like you mentioned, surfing. Pretty, pretty neat. And even, um, I think, like I said, skateboarding. It was really cool to see. I just wish they wore helmets because it can be dangerous, but hopefully they'll do that in future. Um, future games, Olympic games, and even such. The one of the ones that, you know, two, actually two games that really caught my eye this time around was a canoeing one where they did the Shalom. Where, mm-hmm. you know, they're canoeing down this, like, rapid, like, man-made rapid where they had to go in around, like, these poles. Sometimes you have to go backwards, sometimes you have to go forward. It's pretty interesting to see because the rapids are pretty fast, but I wonder, you know, how cool it would be just to see it in person. And the second thing that really caught my eye was a question because... Although I have seen, like, you know, rodeos and some equestrian events, seeing at the Olympics and how dedicated and determined the uh, horses themselves and the riders, they are. It was pretty interesting to see that it is an Olympic sport and not something that we all think think about it. And which leads me to my next point that the Olympics shines so much, like, you know, it highlights so many games that we normally don't think about, such as equestrian or handball, you know, or judo, like all these, like sports, like I said, I've been saying for the past, like, you know, I said in previous episodes, and I'm saying now, sports is one of the things that really brings a lot of people together. So seeing sports that are really big name sports, such as football, soccer, baseball, basketball, you know, being, bringing to the forefront of everyone's TVs, everyone's eyes, I think it was probably one of the coolest things about the Olympics that, that, you know, I really appreciated this time around. Oh, absolutely. I mean, also rugby was part of the Olympics, which is pretty cool to see. Um, so different sports I would like to see more incorporated, you know, something that I believe should be in the Olympics that it's truly not is cricket. <laughs> Even though I don't play cricket or haven't ever played cricket, I think just because of how big it is in certain countries, I, I think cricket should be part of the Olympics. Absolutely. And, you know, I was actually reading into that because I am a big cricket fan, but the only time it was played was in the 1900 Summer Olympics. So well over 100 years ago, that's the only time. And so I would love to see it bring back. And I think that's one of the things at the Olympics, maybe it's been going on for a while, but that's another thing I read recently was that different countries like hosts, I guess Tokyo, you know, they pick baseball to be one of their sports, but the next Olympics, I think it's happening in France, if I recall um, correctly. Yes, Paris 2024. Exactly. They're not going to have baseball, but they're going to have other sports, you know, so maybe one day when the Olympics is in um, the United Kingdom, South Africa, Australia, or India, where cricket is big, maybe they'll bring it and you'll have athletes like competing in it. So that'd be pretty cool to see. Yeah, I think also softball is not coming to Paris, which is weird because I think softball wasn't for a bit, then it got lost, and then it was brought back on. And then for 2024, it's not coming back to Paris from what I was reading. Yeah, so it's it's crazy. Like, it's, I think that's pretty cool, but it kind of sucks for like athletes that do train. Like, it's like, you know, you're going to be in this Olympics, but then the next one you're not, but the next one you will be. So, like, baseball is the biggest example because baseball and softball, because was in this Olympics, it's not going to be the next one, but in 2028, which I think is back in the U.S., it will be included because baseball is pretty big in the U.S. So it kind of cycles up athletes, but it's pretty cool, I think, overall, to see the different kinds of sports each country brings. 
Yeah, and then kind of like on the next one, it's all like with all the positivity and keeping it light for the Olympics, well, records getting broken, especially in track and field then, records that have not been broken in over decades were broken during the Olympics. Uh, the one that was pretty memorable for me this time around was the 400 middle hurdle, which is quite a race. And, you know, a record that was uh, set by an American in the Barcelona Olympics. It withstood the test of time until 2021. So, you know, Barcelona was in the 90s. So, like, literally almost 20 years or more, that record was held up high. Uh, but now, uh, the, um, uh, the uh, Norwegian uh, track and field per, uh, hurdler broke it finally. So it was great to see that in the track and field world where world records and Olympic records are broken, it's very hard to break them because of how, um, because of there many different factors are involved in track and field. Seeing some of those records being broken was pretty cool. Absolutely. And the other thing, you know, that reminded me of the other thing was, so I don't know if you watched the javelin, but India got his first Olympic gold medal in track and field in the javelin. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, like I said earlier, javelin's not something that you hear about all the time, but for a country you know, with over a billion people in it, sending a lot of athletes, India getting their first medal, first gold medal in track and field, that's, you know, got to be a big moment. Oh, absolutely. Big, big moment for all of those countries that were winning their first, uh, their first gold medal uh, in different in different sports and different uh, specialties, which is great to see. It's just amazing because then once they ask, like what it's like marvelizing and like what I really enjoy about it. Yeah, the strength and the physicality of the sport, but when the athlete realizes that they have, uh, that they're going to be in the podium, bronze, silver, all gold, but especially when it comes to those gold medalists, when you see the reaction, when, they know they've achieved it. It's just like they let everything out, like all their emotions come out. And it's just like such a human being moment that is just like nobody else but them will know what that feeling was for them at the time. But it is just great to see how much it really shows how much it means to them. Yeah. And on top of that, even the people that just, you know, go compete for the Olympics for the first time in their life or are going for the second, third, fourth time, you know, just being able to represent your country on the national, international level, that's amazing to see, you know. So even if they don't win the medals, but they're competing and participating, I think that would be a wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah, man, it was uh, so great. But yeah, moving on to the next Olympics, they're going to be in Paris 2024, and then they're going to be back in L.A. in 2028. Um, so that's where the two next Olympic cycles are going to be um, on that. And then there is, um, I'm just going to pull it up over here. I don't know if you're going to mention this, but you can't forget the Winter Olympics because that's where Canada shines. Oh, absolutely. All the time. And I think um, I think the next ones are, I think, 2022, right? Yes. No. Yeah, 2022. In Beijing. Yeah. And then 2026 in Milan, Italy. So that'll be cool to see. 
Yeah, that's really cool. I uh, know the thing over here is that LA, um, LA is gonna, uh, there's just a couple of cities that it's very rare that cities will rehost uh, the games. I think Paris is one of them. Uh, London is another city that has also uh, rehosted the games. But LA, actually, they hosted the games in 1932 and back again in eight, 1984. And now they're hosting for their third time in 2028. It's funny you mentioned um, cricket earlier because I was reading earlier that the ICC, so the International Cricket Council, um, they want they have been proposed that cricket be brought back as an event in 2028. Um, USA Cricket, which isn't a full member of the ICC yet, they're just an associate member, also you know want want to back cricket as a sport. So honestly, you might see cricket in the 2028 Summer Olympics in LA. Imagine people playing cricket in the States. <laughs> that that it will be something. That would be something. Although, you know, indeed, like, I don't, I don't want to talk about the cricket too much because that's what I could talk forever about that. <laughs> but cricket has been gaining grounds in a lot of countries, especially European countries, even US, Canada. Yeah, I don't know if you knew, but so Canada actually had a Canadian Premier League a couple of Two years ago, I think, last year it got canceled by COVID. But two years ago, they had teams from various cities around Canada, and they um, picked players from around the world, and they actually had a league going on, so it was pretty cool to see. Hey, that is pretty cool. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited because, you know, um, because also their World Cup is supposed to come to North America on the, like pretty soon, so that's also going to be excited, um, you know. Just the world of sports is, in a certain way, it feels nice to, once again, like we mentioned before, to see it, to see it happening again. Absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the things we can talk for ever and ever. So for now, we're going to, you know, keep our conversations short, simple, and to the point. And I think, you know, today's conversation was amazing about the Summer Olympics that just ended. And... You know, we'll let the audience, we'll let the listeners get back to us, tell us their favorite um, favorite sports, favorite athletes, you know, favorite Olympic memory that they have, and go from there. Exactly. And then at least for me, uh, I might be watching a little bit of the Paralympics because, you know, sometimes uh, it is great to see the Olympics, but let's remember uh, the Olympic Games happened before and then... Uh, right after the Paralympics start, which also shows the capacity that athletes have to overcome even more challenges that they have. Absolutely. I'm so glad you mentioned that because, you know, that those athletes deserve, you know, a bigger shout out because the adversities that most of them go through to compete in the Paralympic Games, like, you know, it's, it's unmatched and, you know, big shout out to those athletes competing in the coming Paralympic Games. Yeah, and if anybody in the audience has not given the chance to watch the Paralympics, I encourage you to watch some of it because honestly, uh, it gets as exciting. And in certain sports, it actually gets more exciting than in the Olympics. Exactly. So now switching gears, you know, what are you looking forward to this week, Andreas? What am I looking forward for this week? Um, There's a couple of plans in the week. Keep on exploring the city, uh, being a tourist within it, which is very nice. Um, great so far. So I'm excited about 
being still being a tourist in the city. I am excited um, that <laughs> this is very simple, but my Metro card is coming in the mail soon because, you know, I'm writing those student discounts again. So uh, because I'm a student again, uh, I get um, my student Metro card, which is coming. Uh, it should be arriving this week. So I'm excited because then uh, back again at living this Metro, uh, the Metro life. And I'm excited about, you know, I'm excited about um, just keep on watching some sports. How about you? Why are you excited about? Um, so, like I mentioned earlier, I'm in the U.S. for another week or so. So, and from the states, I'll be finally moving to Ottawa. Um, and my job in Ottawa will be starting in a week and a half-ish now. So, be looking forward to spending my last week in the U.S. with you know my girlfriend here, her family here, her friends here, just enjoying life, staying safe as always, and then looking forward to my big move. Man, we are very excited for that. And I am more excited that you're going to be back at just being two hours away from me, um, which we all know that back in Regina, technically you were two and a half hours, but some of us like speeding. So we made it in two hours down to Regina. Uh, but now officially you're two hours away. But, you know, if someone speeds once in a while in the highway, it might be less. But I am excited for you, man. It's going to be a great adventure. Exactly. Looking forward to it and looking forward to, you know, talking to my, the listeners about my big move. And we cannot wait to hear it. But yeah, so this is it for this week's episode. You know, we just tried to keep it light and chill and simple a little bit this week with something that has been relevant for the past couple of days, which is the Olympic Games at Tokyo 2020. So I hope everyone enjoyed our conversation today about that. And Sliding to our DMs, let us know your thoughts about the Olympic Games and what were some of your uh, favorite moments. And Brishank, where, where can our listeners reach us out? Absolutely. So if you have any comments, concerns, questions, or private stuff, you can always reach out to us on our Instagram page, the Two Average Grounders Podcast. Let us know your thoughts, let us know your comments, and we'll get back to you. And know even if you and you know like we did last episode we have our first guest and we'll be definitely open to bring you more guests in the future episodes if you want to you know be in future episodes send us a message on the end and we'll get out set up for you to come on our listeners yeah exactly but other than that we hope all of you have an amazing week um you're gonna get out there and crush it And we'll catch up with all of you next Monday with a new topic from your two average brown friends. Bye. See you.